This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Oh, good morning, Melbourne. This is the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9. And what a great start to the day it is. My name's Russ Masterton and you are listening to the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9. We hope you had a lovely Saturday night. Here with me today, I've got the gorgeous Fiona Brook. How are you, Fiona? I am super. Absolutely. Thank you. Having a lovely weekend. And the man behind the panel, the lovely Stefan. How are you, Gorge? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. Very well. It's very early this morning. I'm not used to these early morning wake it's insanely oh, early. Yeah, I'm onto my triple latte, God knows what. And it's a new regime. It is a new regime. It's the only way to go. We're morning people now, aren't we? We are. We are indeed. So we are this week actually going to talk about me. Yes, all about you, Fiona. Yes, uh, and we love it when it's all about you, doll. I love it when it's all about me too. <laughs> I just Where are we going? <laughs> we are going to Georgia. Not USA. Not USA. Oh, I know. Exciting. Look, I would love to go to Georgia in the USA, but this time we are talking about Georgia in the former USSR. Oh, you're one of those caucus girls, aren't you? I am. And, well, wow. actually, this is the first time, yeah. the first time to that section of the world. I've never been near Russia before um, and, of course, now are super keen to explore more. I mean, it's right next to Azerbaijan, uh, Armenia, and then you've got Russia on top. Actually, you've got Chechnya on part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about Georgia is, well, I mean, uh, many, many things, that it is a, a, a country that has a terribly long and complicated history with the USSR. Yes. Um and actually, the Georgians are known as the first Europeans. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, the Georgian culture, they've been making wine there since uh, for 8,000 years. So, what made you decide to get to go there? What was the attraction? Well, it's a bit of a... St- uh, I'll try and keep it brief, but if a girlfriend of mine has been banging on about going to Georgia for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And she decided to go because a few years ago, she went to a party. She met a guy there who was an Australian journalist who was based in St. Petersburg. Oh. He told her that they, he and his all his journo mates love holidaying in Georgia to the point that they eventually bought a whole house in Kazbagi, wow. which is the incredible mountain region in the north. It's um, up near the Russian border. They bought a house there. Uh, where you can rent this whole house. So, actually, I tell a lie. It's in the Kaheti region, but I can get more to that later. It's going to sound a bit obtuse until I break up all the different regions. And so she... One of the reasons why she wanted to go is because of the wine culture. The viticulture and the wine uh, is you know, a part of, uh, you can't separate Georgia from that. And also because of the beautiful, wild, mountainous areas where you can go walking. And then, of course, you've got the capital city, which is Tbilisi. And then coincidentally, of course, I had met a Georgian winemaker. No, no, he's not Georgian, but he has a Georgian girlfriend and he imports Georgian wine. And he's been on our show before. Aidan Raftery. Wow. That's right. So and there's he, a bit of history with you and Georgia. That's right. And we, uh, you know, had Aidan on the show a couple of, oh, you know, maybe earlier this year. 
and he came in and he was so charming and lovely and talked up Georgia and talked up the winemaking and, you know, so it was really a done deal. So you decided, he came on, he came on the show, sold Georgia to you and you decided, I have to go. Yeah, well, it was like a combination of things. So, well, yeah, we decided. Place. It really is. I know in travel, um, you know, our, our little travel agency, we often have people um, uh, requesting to us to um, the Georgia as a, as a Bajan era. And it's, it is very popular now, so I can completely understand why you wanted to go there. But, you know, like with anything new, now is the time to go, right? Absolutely, because um, the thing about Georgia is that a lot of people obviously are going, what, where? However, it is so... It's already... It's a popular tourist destination for Europeans. But we also met Japanese, uh, Chinese, uh, Taiwanese... Uh, you know, people from a lot of people from various different Southeast Asian countries and China, um, Germans, lots of Europeans there. So it's already quite a well known destination. But for Australians, it's the funniest thing because not only did my parents have good friends that were there, my mm. aunt knew someone that at was at the same go- time. At the same time, Gosh. my aunt knew someone that was going, and I knew another group of people that I have travelled with before who were also there. Mm. So it just seems that it's finally kind of crossed into the kind of um, travel mindset of Australians. And did you need a visa to go there? Um, no, no. So Australians don't need yeah, a visa. Yeah, you just rock up. Which is good news. I love that. Yeah. So before we get into the the places, it's how easy is it to get from Australia? Uh, well, you would fly on an airline that would take you. Uh, like I flew to Doha. Mm. Um, another friend of mine came from. Uh, she came from France, and so she had to fly to another country in between. Yeah. Uh, so it's not something. I don't think there's any airlines that fly directly into from Tbilisi. But it's easy with one stop. Yep. So one stop in the Middle East, yeah. for example. Or, I mean, of course, straight. it does often mean an annoying layover. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, or like four or five hours, which can be really, really boring. But uh, there's not, uh, you know, there's not hundreds of flights going to Tbilisi. So no. you do have to stop off. And you can actually fly. There is another town that's very highly recommended, another city, which is called Batumi. Which is closer to the Black Sea. So that was going to ask because if you fly in from Middle East to Tbilisi, so that will be your first stop. But there, there is another option. So there it is, doesn't have to be Tbilisi. It doesn't have to be. No. It, as a matter of fact, a lot of people suggest that you do check out Batumi because it's supposed to be gorgeous. And you know, Tbilisi is actually quite a big city. Um, so you arrive, you've landed, you're, you're looking gorgeous. You've come off the airplane. What were your first impressions when you? I'm here in Tbilisi. Wow. Well, the first thing you should do is don't try to get a taxi from the airport. Right, okay. So um, one of my friends got completely ripped off. She ah. got paid like a hundred, um, the equivalent of a hundred Australian dollars by this taxi driver um, and he, you know, gave her a shot of, um, of local, <laughs> local uh, <laughs> fire water. But in actual fact... What we did, um, my, uh, um, uh, my two of my friends had arrived before me and they got me onto a taxi app called Bolt. Right. And this is a bit of a travel tip that you're onto here because yeah. always ask for a meter to be turned on yep. or apps. There are so many transfer apps these days that you you really do not need to rely on these rogue taxi drivers that are going to take exactly. you for a ride. Yep. So um, I had downloaded Bolt before I got there. Now, of course, it does mean that you do have to have your uh, data organised. Mm. Um, uh, you can buy SIM cards at the airport. Um, I didn't do that 
because I was not quite well organised, but I did have the app already downloaded, so I booked the app when I was there. It is a little bit uncomfortable because you're like, well, I don't obviously speak Georgian because Georgian is it's a language of its own. Okay. It's not at all resembling any other language. And their lettering is very, very, very pretty, but it looks like a decoration. It looks like a wall oh, decoration. Right, okay. It does not look like, <laughs> like actual letters <laughs> to me. Um, so... I was good in the, in that sense. Like I was organised. The Bolt driver, you know, it's the same as catching any other Uber. You uh, name it. You know, yeah. you just so, right, have to right stand down. there and look for the number plate and ho- and you know you get harassed by the taxi drivers. It's true, but so anyway. the, the the app is in English. You can yes. get by with them. Well, Bolt is an international oh. app and it's available in a lot of countries. Um, I'm so, interested. So is is um, Georgia cheap? Georgia is cheap. So it's and that's and that's another big tick for it as a destination. Yeah, it's not a European cheap. place that's gone off the radar. No, I mean we. If you caught it, you can catch taxis around the city, and that that seems to be perfectly fine. It's only an airport, but we would catch a taxi um, either by Bolt or by just walking out on the street, and you would always ask them first. We want to go here. What is the price? Mm. And you try to get them to give you a price beforehand um, and you would take a 15 minute taxi ride and it would be equivalent of like five Australian dollars. The food is inexpensive and delicious wow. and there's lots of, I mean we have, we'll have a whole subject of food, a whole a foodie, segment. Though, aren't you? So that's big, that's big coming yep. from you. Yep, so um, and Tbilisi itself has you know, like the old town uh, um, we stayed in and in a an Airbnb. How did you choose your accommodation? Because I know, um, well, you, I mean, there are so many different places to stay at these days. It, there's B and Bs, there's Airbnb, yeah. there's hotels. You name it. Well, look, you know, uh, sometimes I am not as. Over, uh, sometimes I do find staying in an Airbnb uh, can be frustrating mm. because it depends on when you arrive and it depends on when you want to leave. So mm. sometimes you're arriving there, obviously, and it's before you can check in. Yeah, you always want to have those self check in ones where you you put in a couple of numbers and you can let yourself into the place. They're yeah. Oh, That's true. Yeah. But often, of course, you can't get in until mm. 2 o'clock. So you have to have that... No, if, you, if you're going to be there beforehand, you have to have that n- negotiation with the the person you're booking it through in advance to say, well, the room might not be ready, but can I drop my bags off? So the good news is a friend of mine had organised it in advance and I just actually showed up. Love your mornings. Joy 94.9. You're listening to The Escape Hour on Joy 949. This love is Sunday morning. And today we're in Georgia with our guest Fiona. Yes, Hi. I am uh, being both host and guest. I can't That's believe you've been to Georgia. It? I really can't. Multi- so good. Multi-skilled. It is real. I mean, yes, multi-skilled. Absolutely. You do a bit of everything around here, don't you? I think? can. Yeah. I can. I, 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 I tell a lot of people what to do and where to go. Do you? That is actually what I'm really good at. Did you do that in Georgia? Uh, actually, no, no, because I travel with uh, I travel with a couple of friends, mm-hmm. and when you travel with a couple of friends, you've got to work together on travelling, and you don't want to tell anyone to do anything or go anywhere yeah. that's mm-hmm. not making for a happy holiday. Were you surprised by Georgia? I was. Well, mostly because, there, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Mm. Now, even though I had heard a lot about the wine, what I, I guess I didn't expect was that... Uh, first of all, that Tbilisi would be such a big city, and second of all, that it would be so run down. Right. So it's a very, it's quite a poor country, which makes mm. it cheap. But there are all these beautiful Art Deco buildings that are just crumbling 
like literally crumbling in front of you. Uh-huh. And some buildings which people live in, you walk in and the staircases are sloping and the you know the windows and doors are falling off. But one of the the thing you have to remember about Georgia is it has a really insanely terrible history. Right. So it only became independent in 1991 from the USSR. Yep. And after it became independent, it went into like an internal Look, I wouldn't say a civil war, but it became chaos. Their corruption was insane. There wasn't any electricity or there was only partial electricity. Some places didn't have any running water. There was violence in the streets. Mm. It went into like this insane free-for-all. And, you know, I went on this fantastic um, brutalist um, uh, building tour because I'm a bit of a brutalist architecture fan and the young man who took us on this tour said he remembers going to primary school mm. and you had to take your own lights to primary school because oh. there was no lights in the school. So for even young people living there today in their mid-20s or 30s, they went through this experience in the early 90s. Um, and so in and I think 2002 or three, they had what was known as the Rose Revolution. So the um, uh, person who became the president or prime minister was basically put in there by the USSR. Oh, was it? No. Um, and uh, they uh, had a younger, a younger um, guy who said, look, this is not enough. This country is incredibly corrupt. We need to fix this problem. And the Rose Revolution was called that because the... Uh, the young revolutionaries went into the parliament carrying roses. So it was a peaceful coup and they got rid of the old guy who, you know, had done a great job trying to bring uh, um, bring Georgia into its first independence in hundreds and hundreds of years. And the first thing that the... um, the new president or prime minister did was he fired the entire police force, uh-huh. every single one of them, and hired a completely new police force where they got paid properly, were better educated and were uncorruptible. And wow. even to this day, the policemen are just lovely. In fact, you see a lot of them sitting around cafes just chatting with the... Locals chatting with the locals and the tourists. Yeah, really cute. Every we began to began to be a joke for us. We were like, "Oh, there's a local policeman again." Did you get to take pictures of them? Um, I think I might have tried to sneak a picture Ooh. of them in a cafe. Oh, have you got a calendar? Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You might say that because at the beginning we thought that Georgian men were not right. that attractive. But I tell you, this is the thing: the older Georgian men, kind of short, a bit rotund actually yeah. a lot rotund and uh but the young men well they were tall and slender hot. and pretty hot actually yeah. so i don't know what happens there i don't know about you guys but i find on every holiday that i go on by the end of the trip everyone's hot <laughs> <laughs> that must be just relaxation yeah, it must be yes so in Tbilisi, mm. what did you get up to? What's, so well, you went on the there, tour. Was a, there was lots of... So we did a brutalist walking mm. tour, which was fantastic because... Um, uh, and the brutalist buildings are not loved by the locals because they're all Russian concrete uh, buildings from the 1970s. And extraordinary stories. Like there's this... Um, well, that's a point of view, mm. you see, because right. brutalism mm. is um, traditionally considered to be very ugly. Yeah. But... And it has found new favour. So brutal, you could do brutalism tours in many, many uh, cities around the world now. Mm. Some, uh, you know, striking buildings that look like all these containers on top of each other, which is like the, the bank. Um, an old 
uh, an old, it was supposed to be a water reservoir, but when they started digging it, they found all of these uh, remains and artefacts. So they decided to turn it into um, uh, an, an archaeological museum, oh, wow. but nothing ever happened. So it's totally like all of these brutalist buildings are often decrepit and um, uh, undone. And uh, we heard some hilarious stories because in Georgia, apparently, nothing ever gets finished. (laughs) Nothing gets finished. It's all started, but nothing ever gets finished. So there's a lot of half-baked architectural projects from the 60s and 70s and 80s around that are are hilarious because they're not finished. And all these extraordinary sort of giant bell towers and statues and so they're Greek Orthodox oh well not Greek Orthodox, they're Orthodox in in that uh, tradition so there's a lot of churches and things like that which you know I I didn't really visit because there were so many other things to do beautiful museums museum of fine art, museum of uh, visual arts, a modern art museum Um, and there is the treasury which um, is also beautiful because the Georgians were some of the best metal craftspeople back in the Iron Ages. In the Iron Age, uh, like in around the 3rd and 4th century, they had the most sophisticated techniques of making jewellery and armour and and objects made out of beautiful metal work and just looks incredibly sophisticated, more beautiful than, I mean, I haven't been to Egypt, it's true, but Mm. beautiful um, objects and jewellery. So if you love that sort of thing and design and decoration, so there's a lot of that, but not the spectacular buildings you would have in Iran, for example. Are they a proud people? They are a very proud people because Mm. they have had to survive so much. In the 1920s, when the Russian, because they were uh, they were run by the Russian Soviet Union before it became the USSR, and when the Bolsheviks came in around the nineteen, uh, the uh, early part of the twentieth century, they came into Georgia and they murdered all the intelligentsia, all of the wealthy people, any artists, any um, uh, uh, historians, artists, lecturers, university, anyone who could. Uh, they, they basically just slaughtered them. Hundreds wow. and hundreds of people, entire families mm. of uh, wealthy people. Aristocrats. Aristocrats, yeah. gone. So incredibly brutal history and that I think is an important part of the uh, kind of like the, that mindset. And the, one of the funniest things about the Georgians is they're really lovely but they don't smile very much. <laughs> so when you go into a restaurant, you you know, they don't actually sort of smile at you. And it's not because they're unhappy they but they just, they, they just don't really smile a lot. Okay. Which so is kind of funny. It's difficult to get the social cue. Then, yes, it's difficult to get the social cue and um, <laughs> they, they just so don't seem to you quite... Grasp. Grasp that, you know, hospitality is, you know, super friendly and stuff. They're not, there's nothing, nothing gushy. Did the foodie and you come out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we did a cooking course. Now, with this cooking course, it was uh, basically going to somebody's kitchen. Well, not basically, that's exactly what it was. So we went to their house, which is in the suburbs. And the daughter met us and she was a ski instructor who spoke perfect English. And while the ski season was not on, she was helping her mum with her... And her mum was a, a teacher. 
or something like that. But she loved, her mother was very gregarious and she loved interacting with people from all over the world. So she'd started these cooking, I don't even want to call it a class because it's not really a class. So basically she took us to the local market. We bought a whole lot of food. She said, what do you want to cook? Because we'd already been there for a while. And I was like, I want to cook the eggplant thing with the walnuts in the middle (laughs) and this. And then my friend Sue said... I want to cook that chicken in milk thing and so and then there were a couple of other dishes that she was like okay we're going to make this this and this and then we came back to her house and basically sat in their kitchen while she and her mum and they had a helper there prepared food and ostensibly told us how to cook it but there was no recipe a few glasses of wine later well yeah because <laughs> everyone grows wine everyone makes their own wine and if I, if I remember right um aiden was telling us yeah. on the on a previous mm. uh, escape hours that they've got this type of urns in, yeah so urns but to, to they're called the qu- quivery quivery so it's spelled q v e r v i Quivery. So that is the traditional way to make Georgian wine. But the thing you have to keep in mind in Georgia is that they have over 400 grape varieties. Oh, wow. And they have two different ways of making wine because they do have a European way of making wine as well. But the Quivery wine is the traditional method and they have these large um, clay amphoras, really, mm-hmm. that live underground so they never come out but they live underground and they put in the whole bunch not the leaves apparently but the stems the and and the grapes and they put they put the whole lot in there and then it ferments that way so it has you know you hear a lot of talk in uh in melbourne dining areas and around australia about natural wine so natural wine is a minimal intervention so they don't fuss with the they don't like you know multiply you know sort of um fermented in lots of different ways they ferment it they after a certain period of time they scoop all the bits off the top get rid of that and then they turn that into something else and then uh, like another different type of drink um, and sometimes they would take it out of the quivery and then they will also do a double ferment in the European style mm. but anyway so you drink a lot of wine that tastes really like light and doesn't taste sort of super alcoholic I was going to say that sounds like it would be strong in alcohol but it is a it, it might be strong in alcohol but, but it, it has a taste. freshness like you know sometimes when you've got a really refined mm. european style wine and you can sort of hold it to your nose and it smells you can it smells a bit fumey from mm. the alcohol but you don't i mean this tastes so fresh that you know we went to this cooking class at 9am <laughs> and when we walk in there's a platter of cheese because they are insane dairy products freaks like cheeses And there was a flask of wine and they were like, here, would you like wine? And we were like, oh. Why not? And it doesn't feel heavily alcoholic. Mm. Therefore, I drank a lot more. Good morning. You're on the Escape Hour. This is Joy 94.9. We're in Georgia with Fiona. We'll be back in a moment. I was at work. I was riding my horse. I was microwaving a watermelon. My iguanas escaped. There are lots of reasons why you may have missed your favourite show, but don't worry, because our podcast team has you covered. They'll work through rain, hail and national glitter shortages to bring you the best bits of every show. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab or head to the iTunes Australia podcast 
podcast store and subscribe to your favourite shows for free. Thanks to our podcasters, you'll never feel guilty about missing a show again. joy.org.au Good morning, this is the Escape Hour. It's Sunday, you're on Joy 94.9 and gosh, it just seems like yesterday that Fiona was in Georgia. She's a worldwide traveller, travellers to the most exotic destinations and I just can't believe you've been to Georgia. It is the one of the new ish places to go to. It certainly is and very well worth consideration for so many reasons aside from the fact that you get to say I've been to Georgia and people go wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. So you've you've done Tbilisi and you absolutely adored it because of its weird architecture and you did a, a, a cooking course. What, um, what was the countryside like? Well, you know, it is funny because after a few days in Tbilisi, we were like, oh, man, actually, we need to get out of here. Really? Because it was yeah, it's yeah. hectic. It's surprisingly hectic, which I didn't expect. Is it easy to get around? Or? Uh, look, there's only one underground railway which goes four stops one way four stops the other way and it was built by the Russians and I did use it and it is cheap and it is fast but it only goes four stops one way and for, however you can catch these yellow sort of local little minibuses mm. called Minsnookies or Minsnookies or something although I didn't catch one we just basically caught taxis mm-hmm zipped around and we did a lot of walking. I think I used to do an average like 25k a day. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. Walking, walking, walking. Now, before we move out of the big city, though, I know Stefan has done a little bit of research on GLBTI rights in um, yeah, Georgia, so maybe we should just touch yeah, on that. Yes, Stefan. Yeah. On, um, on World Wide Wave, we had, a, we had George, uh, Georgi Tabagari, who is, uh, works at the Pride Centre. It's Tbilisi, and it's, there's a couple of podcasts there. And Fiona, you mentioned that it was the, the country was quite entrenched in religion, Orthodox. Mm, mm. And um, it was saying that although they've got the rights there, because there's a, a really... Uh, a wish to join the EU, so they need to have all the anti-discrimination laws, mm. all all the all these things uh, set up. Um, there is quite a lot of pushback from the population in terms of LGBTIQ rights. Mm. Uh, there were some riots riots recently in November following uh, the release of a, a movie which has some uh, some gay scenes in it, and um, and also there's uh, so there's there's the laws, there's a protection, but in terms of uh, you know the the attitude of the population. It's still a little bit difficult for LGBTIQ. Yeah, I mean, I had yeah. heard about the laws uh, being in place. It is a very, um, I would say, it's a very conservative country. Mm. Um, I think that they've got other things. For example, they have very, very, very high unemployment there. Um, they also have a very poor education system. So while the young people are probably trying to kind of remake themselves as Europeans because they really think of themselves, uh, you know, they're very strongly European. I do think that there's probably a lot of the older uh, people um, and, you know, just conservatism in general. And I, I think that's what Georgi was, was telling us. The priorities are a little bit different at the moment. And until you fix some of other underlying things, mm. it's going to be a little bit more difficult to, to bring the LGBTIQ That's true. I up. mean, it's survival um, for a lot of people. You know, they don't make much money. Unemployment is, is high. So, you know, it is probably, um, I mean, whether you could say it's inconveniently mm. not a priority because there are other things. Country I, in transition. I definitely, it is definitely a country in transition. They do want to be a part of the yeah. EU um, and they're working hard to, they're spending money restoring a lot of the beautiful old buildings mm. where they can. I mean, it's going to take them forever. Um, 
But the challenge is, is their current president, so they've got a prime minister and a president. Mm. So the last, the president was ousted recently because he was corrupt, but he's the one that puts the person in the prime minister mm. into power. Their current prime minister is a female prime minister who does not even speak Georgian. Oh, dear. She was raised in France oh. and doesn't... And I spoke to a number of people who were very angry because they've got a, a prime minister they're probably not used to having a female prime minister but also one who doesn't speak georgian and did not grow up there very strange yeah so there's a few people in a bad mood and uh, uh they, so they have a way to go so i think i would if people are interested beyond traveling there mm. and looking at lgbtq issues i think the couple of podcasts we we had for oh. world wide wave is a really good complement to to this um and they, they just look up georgia or oh, so on the world on joy website world wide, it's a world yep. wide wave and mm. then all the podcasts are there and it's really um that's I fantastic a really good compliment. Oh, i think that um, sounds wonderful so from Tbilisi? From Tbilisi, we went north to Kazbegi. And Kazbegi is the mountain, a beautiful mountain region. And you, it's, it's quite a hilarious drive. Is that to part get of the, the Caucasus? Yes. Mm. That's when you go right up into the Caucasus. And they, there's quite a lot of mountain areas. I mean, reading the descriptions of all these mountain areas along the border of Russia, you just, I mean, we wanted to go and see more, but obviously, you know, but time. Did it blow you away? So beautiful. Yeah. So you drive up what's known the Georgian Military Highway, mm. which is the main route from Russia through to Tbilisi. Yep. So you've got this highway, which is essentially a two-lane road, yep. <laughs> maybe sometimes three. It's essentially a two-lane road. It has all the trucks carrying trade. It has all these cars. It has goats and sheep and cows. And, it's like, and then it winds through this... Um, uh, ski town. Uh. So it's like a major highway from Melbourne to Sydney going through Falls Creek. I mean, <laughs> it's insane. There were, there were, and the road is not really in great shape. And so, uh, like, an entire truck with all these cars on it had gone into a ditch. Mm. And anyway, it's quite an adventure getting there. So we went to Kasbagi. Kasbagi is famous for. Uh, Incre- like the scenery we were staying in, it, we, we sort of splurged at this lovely hotel called the Rooms Hotel um, and it has it's built in an old sanitarium and it's got this massive balcony and you just look out onto the most spectacular mountain scenery. And you were locked away. <laughs> yes, I could have been locked away there forever and they had a swimming pool, I had a really nice massage there and yeah, okay, so the rooms were tiny but um, and and cost a fair bit, but they had a beautiful restaurant. They had a cocktail bar. It was worth it. Anyway, so we stayed up there in Kasbagi and just saw and just basically the beautiful fresh mountain air. Many walking trails for you to go on. Lots. So mm-hmm. one of the walking trails we went on was to this old uh, Georgian monastery from the Middle Ages. Yeah. So there's a lot of 12th, 13th, 14th um, churches and monasteries. This one was extremely popular and even though the hike up there was lovely and, you you know, you walk past shepherds and cows and through little villages, when we got there, it was so bloody crowded because you could also drive up there. So you could just imagine all these tourists, they just drive up there and get, you know, doing their selfie, you know, (laughs) bloody... We we had some clients... uh, um 
a uh, mother and daughter and um, they decided that they were going to go to Tbilisi but, and so I looked at Tbilisi and then they said, no, nah, no, nah, don't want to stay there. Well, two nights there will be enough. We're going to hire a car and we're just going to drive around the countryside and everything. I'm just fascinated by how safe that is for women. You know, you know, when you look at countries mm. and you kind of think, oh, you know, it's haven't been there before. Um, um, and they said, no, we weren't, we weren't even looked at. We were just travelling, yeah. having a great old time and I, I had, made no difference. Yeah, no, I had no problems. I've been walking around Tbilisi at night, you know, leaving restaurants, wandering around completely uh completely safe mm. i mean of course i think there are certain areas where you think oh well maybe not but we stayed in a fantastic neighborhood uh where there was this beautiful old uh fabric factory which they turned into this insanely hipster fabulous hangout with all these restaurants in there that were run by you know young people and little cute little handmade shops and graffiti and i mean the vibe was really fun mm. so certainly the young vibe in Tbilisi was really Did you prefer fun. the countryside or the city? Um, look, I love some of the things I saw in Tbilisi and some beautiful little stores and crafts and things like that, but the mountains were just stunning. We walked to a beautiful valley that was like just this beautiful, broad, incredible valley with shepherds and mountains and oh. Was the food different from Tbilisi? the food you... In the, uh, in the mountains, the food was a little bit more simple. So a lot of kebabs, which I don't eat, but apparently the kebabs were really delicious. I was going to ask, Fiona, for a vegetarian, how easy it is. Well, uh, as a vegetarian, um, I, 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 being a vegan, I think could be challenging, but there was a lot of cheese. Mm. Eggplant, I think I had... Oh, now, I'm an eggplant lover. Oh, you do like that? There's yep. egg, I must have had eggplant for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and walnuts in everything and pomegranate and walnut paste and beans. They make this incredible dish called lobiani which is um, a bean dish, which interestingly in India they have a similar dish that's called lobi. Oh, okay. So beautiful beans, lots of salads, lots of vegetables. Um, I mean, I must admit after two weeks I was kind of like, okay, I think I've had enough Georgian food right now. But it was really, really incredibly delicious. Lots of breads, lots of, you know, rices. I mean, I don't worry too much about my carbohydrates intake when I travel because what would be the point? Exactly mm. right. You're travelling. You've got You're to travelling. Is that a social thing again? Like we talk, we often talk about on, on the show um, social media. Are you going to be bogged down with your um, social media and not w- looking at everything or again is it like a ram where you're God this is so beautiful I'm just out here and I'm experiencing and I don't care about anything else. Well you could I mean social media is perfectly accessible um, when you're there so there's no worries about that. I mean I have a tendency to use um, apps to find out about my favourite restaurant in this area, what's a cool bar here, where can I go get a wine tasting. So I have a tendency to use apps for things like that. Um, Also, uh, you know, I use my phone quite a lot for directions. Um, Where do I get the subway? Um, How do I get that, you know, up there? So I do use it a lot. And in terms of practicalities, you were able to get internet easily, a local SIM card? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the local SIM card was a little bit... I mean, we had Wi-Fi in the hotel, uh, in the Airbnb. We mostly relied on Wi-Fi, jumping from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi. Yeah. What would a, um, you know, a wine connoisseur like yourself... 
for example. Um, could you do a wine tour where you just jump in the car and just drive from region to region and really get into it? You could definitely do a wine tour. Um, and I don't know where you would start or where you would end, but you could definitely do a wine tour. I think that there's aspects of Georgian wine which if you were a certain type of wine lover and you really were stuck in a European wine mindset you would probably find it difficult because Mm. it's not going to fulfil any of your conventional notions of wine because you look at a wine list and you're like I know nothing Mm. so I wouldn't recommend driving and doing the wine tour (laughs) (laughs) but well, that might have happened here in the 70s, but it doesn't anymore, right? Is that <laughs> but there are certainly people that could do wine tours or hiking tours or... But, but you, you, you mentioned a couple of times that, that how different the wines are different, uh, how, uh, how different they are from traditional European or more. So what, what do you mean? I mean, can you... Well, you can get European wine style wines, uh, European, Georgian wines made in European style. style, so you can still get that. But... Um, you can also go into a wine shop and in this they've got the upstairs bit with everything's bottled and you can ask for a taste of a variety of different things and you can say, I'd like something that's like a Pinot Noir and they'll say, well, this would be like it. So you get to know, and I discovered a red grape that I was a really, fa- uh, uh, I think it's called a Sapoverdi grape, which I really enjoyed. So I decided to drink that fairly consistently. But underneath, uh, in the basement, they just have all these vats. And you just say, and you'd make a decision on which wine you and they just fill up a plastic bottle and they give it to you and it's like the value of, you know, five bucks. And there's a litre of wine in a plastic container. And is that something that George is famous for? Yeah. Right. So everyone grows wine. Everyone has mm-hmm. grapes in their in their house. Everyone grows wine. They may not make it at their home, but they would make it at a friend's place up the street. Okay. So homemade wine is big. I think that the red wines, uh, I mean, I'm a red wine fan. I think the red wines were more palatable than some of the Georgian style white wines, which could be quite cloudy uh, because they have a lot of skin contact um, and a little bit more on the pink uh, end and they could be kind of funky. Mm. Yeah, I think funky is probably the right word for it. Did you feel as though you had to... um uh, book with a travel agent or did you need to um, go through a um, tour group or again because it's um, such a new destination was it something right no we're just going to go there we're going to book a couple of hotels and we're going to do our own things when we arrive we, we just booked it all ourselves right. yeah which is fun. easy to do easy to do yeah I mean of course when you go somewhere you you still it's confusing you're like I don't know about this and I don't know about that but you kind of make a decision and then you get there and if it's not quite right you just go oh Okay, well, let's try and see if we can get ourselves. But you didn't walk away from there thinking, I wish we'd done an escorted tour or anything like that? No, No. and what we did was we hired drivers to get us longer Uh, distances. And in some cases, you'd be lucky and you could hire a driver who spoke English and you could ask a lot of questions along the way. And in some cases, you'd get a driver who spoke no English and it was hard to get them just to stop. I was going to ask in terms of language because you mentioned at the beginning that the language was very different, especially the alphabet and the, the writing. Yes. So it, it's easy to to navigate if you don't have a, a translator or a guide. Um, well, a lot of the young, uh, most young people speak 
English. Mm. Uh, the older people don't speak English. So if you need a destination, you have to have it written in Georgian characters as oh. well. So often you would see if you could um, bring it up on an a, an a translation yeah. app so you could show it to them in Georgian characters because they wouldn't always understand it in English. Mm. Or, or European characters. You just need to have your travel hat on, don't you? Yeah, yeah. you do. And you have to be a little bit sort of organised mm. um, and be uh, fairly clear with your in your head with your expectations and don't just rock up there and just think that everyone's going to understand mm. your nonga mm. English. Of course, and I think you probably need to have this attitude anywhere you go. Yeah, so that's a, a, that's a really absolutely. Good attitude to, but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the younger people uh, do speak English uh, even though they have a very a very poor education system. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. The escape on this lovely Sunday morning with uh, Russ and our guest today, Fiona, talking Georgia. Yeah, so Kasbagi, beautiful mountain climbing, uh, easy, easy, like not hard, not hard, but just beautiful walks, incredible fresh air. And from there, we went to Kaheti. And Kaheti is the wine-growing region. I'll stop you here because <laughs> I, there seems to have been wine all over from Tbilisi to the previous place to now Kaspegi. Yeah. So there is wine everywhere. So, but this is even more wine. There. Well, this is kind of like you would say the Yarra Valley, for example. Mm. God, so you must have been having to wipe that red wine off your lips every five minutes of your Now, table. I should note that if you don't drink wine, you should still visit. Please do not <laughs> think... I've done a lot of wine talking on this That's right. Please do not, because the food is incredible. But if you don't drink wine, um, there was some craft beer I found. And if you don't mm. drink alcohol at all... Please do not let it stop from well, See, stop my thing going. is the Caucasus. What, you, what you've told me about the mountains, uh, I've always wanted oh to go to the goodness. Caucasus Mountains. So. And the different places that we wanted to go. And, you know, in some cases when we went in one particular valley, the guidebook said, take your passport because if you go far enough into the valley, you will find soldiers that are minding... You find, might find Russian soldiers or you might find local soldiers and they may ask you for your passport. Mm. Warning, warning. So you just have to be prepared. So you stayed in a hotel there, but would you be able to camp if you were so um, inclined? Or? Yeah, I think there is some yeah. camping. Yes, I think that you can camp there. I think I saw a campground, absolutely, in the village. Um, and then we were in Kaheti and when we were in Kaheti, we stayed in a guest house mm. um, that was cheap really cheap and i mean i thought totally charming one of my friends didn't think it was so charming and she <laughs> left um oh my uh, because she didn't like you know i mean it was it was a home but it was really lovely and uh we would have breakfast was included yep. and ev- we could have dinner there if we wanted which was all this incredible food and wine for 10 gel per night wow. which is the currency is called gel so that was like like literally about $4 for mountains of I food. I always find that stuff interesting about guest houses. I've been to one where, you know, the, the entire family stand around you and watch you eat the breakfast and see if there's anything else they can... So I kind of get how that might feel uncomfortable, but it's, you know, it's a good way to meet it's, the locals. It's certainly a different way. And uh, the lovely uh, hostess was charming and spoke excellent English and her husband, Maho, didn't speak such great English, but was such a hilarious... He's so funny. And he took us on a couple of driving tours. Yep. So you can leave... Uh, the town which was called Talavi 
uh, was the main town and we went around and there's a lot of old, um, 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 you know, a lot of old churches from the 12th and 13th and 14th century. Sorry, I forgot what period I was talking about. Uh, so a lot of churches and then a lot of sort of d- details of, you know, martyrs and, and um, you know, people with swords and dragons and all sorts of things like that. So that was quite fun. Um, and so I, I did love that kind of mystical element. You know, there's all this sort of, Sounds still quite grounded in old time as well. In terms yep, of it, but. yeah, but it's a very old, old country. And so, you know, there's kings in castles and there's a queen over there. And then this queen, you know, was famous because she said, no, I'm not going to become Christian. Boo to you. And, you know, so lots of great old sort of mm. stories. And you're not talking about the gays, are you? No, <laughs> no. I think the gays might have been thrown on the fire. Um but, but what I uh, like about the sun, it, what I like about these new destinations as they're coming into the forefront is there's just no commercialism and you can actually go and explore and just feel like, wow, this is me experiencing a real country and as, and as mm. raw, raw as it gets. And that's what Georgia sounds like. And when you get to the little old churches, there's always like a, a whole array of people selling nuts and fruit and knitted goods and little crafts. And uh, they do this really weird nut sort of um, thing on string. So they have these walnuts on a string which they then dip in this gooby fruit paste and then it dries. I mean, great if you're hiking. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, they do have some weird foodie things. Uh, So we would wander around and then we'd go to a couple of wineries and, you know, beautiful little villages up in the mountains with like beautiful um, uh, old fortress walls. And yeah, it was just gorgeous. And so, and from A to B was driving? Yeah, we hired drivers the whole time. And because there were three of us, it made it cost effective. But, it, I mean, we went on a five-hour trip um, one day in a very uncomfortable bus with someone who didn't speak English. But it got us there faster than it would have been. It would have been like an eight-hour drive in a little bit of a, one of those little yellow buses called Minsuku thingies. Not that I remember what they're called, but um, hiring drivers was pretty easy. And easy to do. You were able to source Yeah, we, we just asked at our accommodation mm. most of the time. Um, and in one case, when we were leaving Tbilisi, I contacted our friend Aidan and he got us a really lovely driver. Uh, so that's how we got around. Um, you know, it would cost us like $30 each. And that's a nice connection to have. Mm. With, oh, yeah, with so Aiden. A- yeah, Aiden's yeah. there with his lovely girlfriend and they have bought a property and are making wine over there as well as bringing a Georgian wine to Australia. So uh, it's well worth the experience if you want to go somewhere new. It feels really European, but it's got a lot of gorgeous natural environment. And if you want, you can go to the east and go to the Black Sea and that's a whole other side mm. of Georgia. I was just on one tiny little bit. It's all um, new adventure in Europe and very exciting. Very so exciting. It's still fairly unexplored, really. Not mass tourism. Well, no, I think that you will find there are a lot. Of, there are numbers of tourists there, just not a lot of Australians. Oh. So you will find there are busloads of people in certain places. Russians, I assume. Lots of Russians, mm. and you know the Georgians—they don't like the Russians. So what if um, 
uh, Stefan and his his lovely husband went, would he be looking at twin share accommodation? Do you think? Or? I think that you could. Um, I think that if you were um, renting a, a hotel room, mm. I think that you could probably do a double room. Mm. I don't think that would be in Tbilisi. I think that would probably be fine. But I would, I would recommend having it having it checking that first, mm. or of course get an Airbnb. Well, good morning to both of you. This is the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9. I can't believe I've been to Georgia today, Fiona. It has been a fun trip. Thanks for coming, Stefan and Russ. Been really fun. We really hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We're hoping you're enjoying our new hour. We are. Yes. Yeah. We're much more sprightly. We are every mon- every Sunday morning because we don't go to bed, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy ninety four point nine. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.